0: Welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, a podcast about that time of life that tends to take us all by surprise. I'm your host, Karen O'Connor. Let's get right into it. Tell me what you do now because you shared this morning that you do wealth creation stuff, but I've also heard you say that you've got three or four other things on the go as well, haven't you?
1: Well, the the thing is, my website sort of took a while to sort of be developed and I ended up Talking with a fellow that actually ended up writing it for me. And we just had a a chat about because sort of they, I have a a bit of a history with cryptocurrency. I've been involved in that space for about five years. And that's what all they were focusing on. And I said, no, I do a lot more than that. So everything that I offer on my website, because I've got a few drop downs there. I'm involved in, but I also do everything because it's just really to get people interested to see if they want to find out a little bit more about stuff. Like there are people that are not interested in cryptocurrency, and yet, from my point of view, that's being very naive because that is the financial future of yeah. the world. And uh, but that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, and I respect that. But then I also do, I've got helping people to get involved with an AI IT company that's about to launch. I've got a company that I'm involved in as an affiliate where we um, actually own oil fields in America and we are actually negotiating with companies to be able to recycle plastic waste and turn that back into a profitable business so that we can on sell to be profits in the company and then look at mining regeneration as well so there's a whole range of different things that i that i do you know um there's forex trading there's bitcoin trading and all that sort of thing but i'm not into looking at the various markets you know with a you get the candles that are red and green, and that that just does my head in. So I get people to do it for me, <laughs> and that. So it's just uh, just providing people with information if they'd like to build, you know, another stream of income. There's always been the the Mways and and the Isogenics and the uh, melaleukas of this world, where you buy product, and some of them have auto ships and stuff like that. Well. I'm not into that side of things because I just don't want to be able to hit with the same product coming to my place or me being shipped something that I don't really want simply because I haven't put an order in. So I don't like that side of things. But I do, you know, a fair bit of research. There's a lot of information on Dr Google or Mr Google (laughs) and there's lots of YouTube things but... You actually have to temper a lot of the information that's on these venues because they may not be interested or they might be calling what you're interested in as a scam but they're more, more selling what they're in, involved in as well. So a lot of it to me comes down to your gut feeling. If you, if you feel comfortable being in that space, you go for it do your own investigation or I can put them in contact with people that are very experienced in those areas, it's a bit of an open book. So people can do what they want to do.
0: If they don't want to do it, that's good too. (laughs) Which is one of the things I like about you because you do leave the choice there. It's not just, oh, here's what I'm selling, off you go you are quite open to going, this this is what I do. If you're interested, I'm here, you can talk to me.
1: Yeah. And I
0: I like that way of doing business because it just leaves you really free to follow your own path and figure out whether it's right for you or not.
1: Yeah, it's just what people are comfortable with and I always say, like, like, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm an information provider and I always temper it with, do your own research and never invest more than what you can afford to lose. There are scams out there. People that I've talked to, there was one or some years ago that just about everyone I talked to was involved in and uh, it was great when it was happening and it wasn't so good when it it didn't happen and a lot of people lost a lot of money. I was lucky. I I didn't go down that that stream but the people that introduced me to their business were the nicest couple that you'd ever want to meet And they had quite a big team of them and some of the team lost money out of it all and people want to play the blame game. And I think, well, I'm a big girl. I can make my own decisions. You know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I don't hold it against it because I take responsibility for my own decisions.
0: Tell me how you ended up here doing this now. What's your background? (laughs) Yep.
1: Okay, I um I was involved. I came to the Gold Coast in in 2010 to get married, and I got into the networking side of things through my job when I first moved down here in real estate, and I met a, a gentleman that said, you know, he was in the cryptocurrency space, and I thought, oh yeah, well, let's go and have a look, and went along, and that's how it started, and and sort of you know you, you build your network of people doing certain things and different things, you know. So that's basically how it started. I I met a guy at a networking function and and it's built from
0: there. So you were a real estate agent before you started doing this? How long were you doing that for? 20 years. Okay. Where was that? Um, I
1: started in in Brisbane in uh, 2000 because I've only just given away my uh, uh, real estate certificate in June this year. So I started there under what we called the Gemman system and it was uh, a system that had a a one-sided view of real estate and I just felt that there was more. And then I moved. I had a couple of years in Brisbane, then I moved to Harvey Bay for a couple of years and that was good. I made sort of good money up there but it was a bit of a small town feel for me. You'd run into your clients wherever you went but I had, I had family up there and I had my elderly mum living with me at the time, so it was a good support network there. Came back down to Brisbane and I was a born and bred Wynnum girl and so I, I came back into real estate in that area. And then uh, just basically when I moved to the Gold Coast, to get married, as I said, for the first time. And my husband said to me, he said, oh, you can retire. And I thought, you beauty. <laughs> but after a while, you just get bored. So um, I went back into real estate because, you know, when you're in your your uh, late 50s and that, you just, you don't have a lot of options, shall we say. <laughs> and, and principals of real estate officers don't really care how many salespeople they have on their books because they'll always make their cut. So that's just the way it worked. And and then when I turned 65, I just sort of basically took a step back. If I had sort of a, a listing that came on board, I used to do it through the office that I worked for. And then now I just, um, as I said, I'm, I'm so much more busier now than when I was working full time, supposedly. So, yeah, it's all good fun. So you're busy doing what? What is it you actually do? Well, it's just um, getting the contacts sort of through the networking groups that I do. I am sort of moving into a support role with the networking group that that I met you at and so I, I basically go around to most of the networking groups that we have on the Gold Coast so that takes in my time and then from there I work on sending out information to people that have asked me about
0: what I do. And then so in terms of income, how do you get your income? Where does your income come from? Well, the income comes from, and I
1: I don't take a lot of income out of what I'm doing, but it comes out of being paid commissions on affiliate programs. It comes out from profits made with the trading that I do, whether it's in the Forex sphere, the AIIT company that I'm involved in. I'm just building a team there. Once it launches, there is the possibility of huge returns from commissions in the the IT space from this company. And what we're doing there, it's a, a very low fee to get involved in, like ninety seven US dollars. If it ends up not being your cup of tea, it's a one self fee. They'll
0: give you your money back. So, so tell me more about that. What is it? Because that's okay. so fascinating. Like I really struggle, I've got to say. Yep. Anything to do with the stock market just makes me go cross-eyed. Yep. I can get half a sentence in and I'm just like, whatever. Yep. You could know, yep. be talking about like yep. nuclear yep. physics. I'm, actually, I'm way better at nuclear physics than now. I'm about 4 or the stock market. Yep.
1: <laughs> so, okay. This this company, it, it's a two-part company. There's the, the company called GoFounders and... That is the company to get you a foundation position in On Passive. Now, there's a lot of information out there that says it's a scam. And that's because the owner and CEO of On Passive has kept very quiet about the products that On Passive will sell. And that's simply because it's a business decision. There are other IT companies out there that are looking at wanting a piece of the action and he's keeping it very quiet and um, when people do um, background checks on on as a scam if you're not selling a product they still think it's a scam but stepping back from that the go founders is to get your foundation position in the on passive organization once on passive launches there will be no more GoFounders. There will be no more foundation positions offered by the company. You can buy the products from the company. We can even sell them as being foundation members. And we share in the commissions. Now, they will do their own marketing campaigns and they've done a a test of one of the um, markets that they want to attract and they've had phenomenal response. So... The projections there, and I'm more of a conservative one, but if the projections are with what they say we will get, they're just stunning, absolutely stunning. So it's just me providing information to people and my big thing is I've had somebody say to me, I'd put that money through the pokies in one night. Like 97 US dollars, and if you pay by credit card, there's a $5 fee. So you're looking at 150 bucks Australian. Not a lot of money to lose, but the point is, is that if it ends up not being what you want it to be, they will give you your money back because the foundation position fees that we're going in, those funds are held in a trust account. So if it's not your cup of tea, hand up money going back but we have never there are now just over 250,000 founding positions taken in the organization now and there's no one that's asked for their money back and some people have been involved in the company for 2 years so that the expectation there is is phenomenal so that could be really exciting
0: And then with the, because you said you get your money from affiliates, with is that with the Forex and the Bitcoin stuff?
1: Yeah, I I can, yeah. If I introduce people there, I get a commission paid to me, which I can take out. With the Forex um, trading one that I'm involved in, I've already taken out half of what I put in. So I'm a big believer in taking out my state capital and then working with theirs. So... It's working with their money, not mine, basically. So that's how I work. The one that's in the recycling of the plastics, in their affiliate program, they will pay a commission on people buying a package to come into the company and I get a commission for that. Now, that goes into escrow for for two weeks in case that person decides, no, it's not my cup of tea, I'll get your money back because... You know, so many cryptocurrency ones, once you put your money in there, it's see you later, so bad, it's all gone. Well, they've taken your money, you get no money back. But after two weeks, if that person is still there, my commission goes into my wallet and I can buy, from there, I can buy cryptocurrencies if I wanted to, I can buy silver and gold, I can buy more tokens within the company or I can turn it into fiat currency, which is your dollars and cents. So there's lots of options there for different people.
0: What got you interested in all this?
1: Um, I don't really know. Uh, I was just fascinated about sort of, you know, learning, I suppose, about cryptocurrencies and businesses sort of like a great thing about the one that's doing the recycling of the plastics, the CEOs of the business is... a company that's the mother company, if you like. I've met the CEO there. He's an Australian. And then I've met the CEO of the um, the store token, as we'll call it, for what of another word. He's an American. They were here on the Gold Coast in August last year and I was very fortunate to be able to... I was invited along to actually meet them. So they're very approachable guys being in business with one another for like 15 years, and then they set up this other company um, just about two years ago. With our lovely COVID restrictions, it slowed down um, a little bit on the travel side of things. That um, that they can do to go around and build the or well, get the contracts for the recycling of the plastics, because we see that as a resource and not a waste product. So that, that's a lot of things there. They offer it. There's lots of webinars. I've been known to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning to listen to them. doesn't happen very often. but um, So it gets you up to date, you know, like go the GoFounders on Passive, there are so many webinars, you know, like you can spend so much time doing your own research. And as I say, the guys from Store and Utopian Global, which is the parent company, they're doing webinars and that. So you've got information there. They're very open book. You, if you want to email them with something, that's fine. I've got an upline that I can talk to about different things. So, you know, between us all, we help one another basically.
0: So is it is it a network marketing or is it affiliates?
1: That's an affiliate program. Some of them would be considered as network marketing, but... You know, network marketing used to have a very bad name, but it's changed and, well, your pyramid schemes and all of those things, you know, they it's, it's like anything else around. You will have a few people that do the wrong thing that basically bugger it up for everyone else. <laughs> and that, so, you know, it's a matter of just feeling comfortable with what you want to do and that I'm Amway, I've been in Amway too, but I buy their product more than anything else because with the background to that company, the ones that are making a lot of money out of Amway were the people that were involved with Amway in the early days and they were taken to launch Amway in other countries. Well, that's already happened, so it's a bit difficult to build a team of people Because, you know, the products aren't cheap, Melaleuca products and stuff like that, they're not all cheap but, you know, they are damn good products. I'm not sort of any contradiction about there. It's just not my cup of tea to do working on my business that way.
0: Can you just explain the difference between network marketing and affiliate marketing? Because I didn't ask before because I know what affiliate marketing is but a lot of people won't have heard. Yeah. Okay, affiliate marketing is
1: where you're paid a commission by introducing people to the business and network marketing, um, it's a bit hard. I don't really have a a classic description on on that sort of thing like network marketing is building teams and affiliate marketing is being paid commissions. So that's how I would sort of see it. Like with the GoFounders and on passive side, I'm not making any money by building a team. However, where the money comes in is that once the company launches and the team's are building underneath me and they're receiving commissions and then I will receive
0: commissions from them. That's interesting. So at the moment that's an affiliate. So you get paid a commission on new people but once it launches and it becomes a network marketing
1: no, it's what it is. The company store is an affiliate program. That's where I get paid a commission by introducing people that buy a package. And there are certain packages that they purchase, and I get a percentage of that package paid to me. With Go Passive, people just pay their once off fee. I don't receive any funds from that. But from there, what people do, if they build a team under themselves, and once on passive launches with their products, and they sell their products, or you can use the products yourself, you will be paid a commission. Right from that, <clears throat> so that's how they build it. And that it's actually the way that they've done it. There's about ninety. They say that the stats are ninety-seven percent of people that are doing network marketing, building teams, really go nowhere but on passive using artificial intelligence and their marketing side of things helps you build the teams under you so you can just come in pay your money and and leave it at that like i've got i've taken positions for family members that they don't know about and if something happens and the money is good that comes in the commissions pay it will help family members that have got kids with disabilities and things like that. So it's, I think it really, to me, it's having a bit of a heart. And if you've got the opportunity to be able to provide family members with help for a minimal fee, why not do it? And it's a money-back guarantee as well.
0: So you started real estate 20 years ago. What were yep. you doing before then?
1: Um, I was working in the travel industry. Oh, were you? Yeah, I, w- I worked for a wholesale company called Venture Holidays for about um, oh, 13, 14 years there. We were, well, Venture Holidays was a wholesale company based in each capital city. They were independently owned. The company Venture Holidays that I worked for was owned by the Melbourne operation and the Western Australian operation and the Queensland operation was owned by the one gentleman. And what happened was the Gulf War came and travel industry suffered, you know, quite badly there and they went into receivership. So that was a lovely experience, you know, you're sitting in the office and the receivers come in. (laughs) Hello, we're here there's the door. (laughs) But then because of my wholesale experience, I went to work with Creative Tours at the time, which was another wholesale company doing a similar product. And then the Venture Holidays New South Wales owner reopened and bought the other three offices. So I came back as the reservation supervisor there and worked for that for a, for a long time you know they were a great company to work for in between time they also had a uh, an arm where they represented a number of international businesses like talc tours and holland america line and all that sort of thing so i did some rec work for them in that regard as well so yeah i love my travel i still love my travel i have i'm a bit sort of uh, shell shop now. <laughs> we were supposed to be in Bali in July and that didn't happen. So, um, yeah, because I can have my bags packed in about half an hour and see you later, you know. So, so yeah, There's a, there's. a I just love it. I remember my mum saying to me, because I was the only girl in the family, but she said, why do you like travel, Heather? <laughs> and I said, because I can do it. And yeah, it was sort of funny because she you know, she's very much old school when she was around and, and of course they didn't do those things in those days. So I was a bit of a I think I was probably the rebel in the family with suffering with foot and mouth disease, always very opinionated and all, all that, but you know, that's just the way it was. So yeah, there was the travel industry there. And I always had always had an interest in real estate. So I thought, well, I'd give that a go and I had to actually go in for some major surgery in um, 2000 and uh, I rang the boss up in, in um, Sydney and said oh, I've just got a couple of things to tell you I've got to go in for major surgery in a couple of days time and I'm resigning. <laughs> so I went in had my major surgery and then um, went into real estate having to study and, and all of that. That was a fun time. So that was 20 years. But um, I'm very happy to call myself an ex-real estate agent now. <laughs> Don't need the shit that's put on them, you know. <laughs> and, then, and then prior to that, I was um, a government employee. I worked, I worked started out in the PMG department in those days and then they split to Telecom, telecom Australia and Australia Post and I took the Telecom stream. And then as after that I went and did my travel course and then I was able to, to get into the industry pretty quickly. So I've been very lucky in that regard. I have always had a job. And when you're by yourself, you know, you've had to support yourself. And working in real estate, working under commissions, it can be
0: challenging. And that, but
1: yeah, I survived.
0: There's a couple of different directions I want to go off here now because I'm quite intrigued because you did go from a fairly predictable, safe job in yep. the travel in just industry into real estate, which is commission only. Yeah, most of it was, yeah. When I first started working under the German system, you were
1: paid a wage. But, but once I went to um, Harvey Bay and I worked for Rain and Horn, and that, I started on commission only. You did that
0: when you were, you weren't a young woman at the time. No, no. You just took the plunge. Why was that? Why did you do that?
1: I had, as I said, I'd always had an interest in real estate and, um, and I think it was time for a change. The travel industry, as much as I loved it, I just felt I needed to, to have another challenge in my life, I suppose. I just go with the flow a lot of the times. And, and half the reason, half the time it's sort of like I can't really place why I've made those decisions. It's a bit like if you're taking a tablet that the doctor gave you and you can say, oh, yes, that's why I'm getting headaches now. It's because I'm taking that tablet. And, and I don't ever relate anything like that to anything that I do. So, yeah, it's just... it's just finding an interest and uh, a new challenge and
0: yeah it's funny isn't it because I was reading a book the other day and the author was saying that she was moving with her two young children to be fair from the UK to the Middle East and she gave herself 18 months to move and get everything ready and, and whatever when we came over here what happened was on the Monday I got made redundant. Our, our thing was downsized. On the Wednesday our visas for Australia got approved and on the Friday John's contract finished. That was in the space of one week. So we yeah. moved to Australia three weeks later. We just packed up, sold up, said goodbye and left. And so I can't imagine taking a really long time to make a decision. It was just like, oh, well, yeah. you know. No job, he's got no job, there's the visas, let's go. (laughs) It's like when I was getting
1: married and, and as I said, I got married in in, um, 2010 for the first time. I was 57. I'd never married before. It took me two weeks to organise the wedding, you know, and I I can't, I just, (laughs) you know, you get these girls that sort of plan it for two years and I'm thinking, Oh, you know, and they stressed to the pits. And I think, oh, God, it was just hilarious. And we were actually on on the uh, Four Weddings reality (laughs) show, yeah, and our tagline was is that I allowed Greg's other woman to attend the wedding and his other woman was his crane, his mobile crane. (laughs) that he'd had a relationship with for 22 years. So we got married at the, the little chapel in Palmer Woods Golf Course where it used to be called Rabina Woods, so the little chapel there. So we had Greg's crane and three of her sisters. So we had four cranes, mobile cranes, with their arms up and we walked through that into the church. And, and, and people would say, oh, what are you doing that for? I said, oh, who cares? You know, I'm too old to worry about these sorts of things. And, and the film crew at the reception, went, we go often had a break because they thought, you know, okay, they're so in their 50s, late 50s. This is going to be a pretty staid wedding. Well, when they came back upstairs, I had a mate that was doing somersaults on the dance floor and it was just going off. And we just had the best time. And it just went so quickly. But I thought, oh, I just can't stress about those sorts of things. I had a friend once, they, they found a lump in my breast. And this friend of mine was just panicking. And I said, what are you doing that for? And, and she said, well, you just, I said, if there's a problem, then I can panic. Until I know if there's a problem, there's no need to panic. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's been life in general, really. Yeah.
0: So how did you meet your husband? Oh, on RSVP. Did you? So you went online dating? I did. <laughs> like, oh, hail you, good guy! That was yeah, brave, girl. <laughs> wow! So I you imagine. went to RS? I wow, like just wow! How long were you on there for, and what was your experience? Oh well. Again,
1: I I, I must have a really good gut feeling because sort of you just. No some people I don't think I was on it for all that long maybe because mum mum ended up I came back to her um, from Brisbane from Harvey Bay and mum came with me but then she was in the early stages of Alzheimer's so it, she found it difficult because I was going to work and she was home so she actually went back up and lived with my brother Trevor and his wife which was great right. they looked after mum really well until she went in, into her home so it was only really after she'd sort of gone back up there that you know you're sitting around and I had a nice um, uh, duplex that I lived in I had great neighbours and they were great too because if I had my front door open they knew that they could sort of come in if I had my front door closed they knew that I needed my own space and stuff like that so yeah, so it wasn't all that long, but it just sort of had a gut feeling, I think, and that we sort of, we were around together oh, probably 12 months or so. It's funny because his eldest son, Michael, they got married on the 20th of June in 2009, and Greg and I got married on the 27th of June 2010, and his youngest son, Matthew, he and Tara got married in 2012 on the 9th of June. So we had all our wedding anniversaries. Matthew's eldest daughter, her birthday's on the 30th of June and my birthday's on the 15th of June and Michael's wife's birthday's on the 14th of June, Rachel's birthday, that is. So, you know, it's uh, June's a big year, for, <laughs> big month for us. But I was sort of lucky because Greg's boys were good to me. They didn't, they, they weren't nasty or anything. Any shape or form. I was sort of lucky there. And that, that's a big thing. Greg said he wanted to marry somebody with no baggage because I didn't have any kids. <laughs> Mind you, he got my stubbornness and a few other
0: things. I would never say that. How did you adjust from being single for so long? long. To be married, as your first, is that the first time you've actually been in a live-in relationship? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah, I know.
1: And I, I thought, holy shit. I thought, oh, my God, oh, this is going to be challenging, you know, um, because I actually moved from Brisbane, oh, from Wynnum, down to the Gold Coast because Greg had bought a house. Well, he was living down here. His first wife only lives about five minutes away from us. So he bought a house and I thought, oh, shit, how am I going to live with somebody? But it all he made it easy. It was easy. So we were very lucky. You know, we have our moments like everyone else and, and that, but I'd been very independent, always had my own money. So that, that's the, the challenge, always made my own decisions, can make a decision really, really quickly. That's like I said, organise the wedding in two weeks. I'd go, yes, yes, yes good you know and it was all basically done on referrals I wanted to replicate the suit my mother wore when she married my father which was a grey two-piece suit and I went and bought the fabric at gardens in Brisbane and I said oh do you know a dressmaker on the Gold Coast and one of the girls says my mother does that so I had an appointment with her so that was done then her I said oh who does your flowers or do you have a contact and it was a lady called Heather as well. So, yeah, had the appointment. That was where we were going. Every, everything just fell into place and I thought I can't be bothered shopping around, doing a whole lot of worthless stress around and, as I said, it was all organised in two weeks and couldn't have been better. And, like, we're being on the four wedding show, it was so funny because the producer came up to me and they said have you got anything organised, you know, sort of time-wise for the wedding, your music and all that? And I said, wait a minute, I had it all. They said, we knew you would. <laughs> so, you know, everything was timed. It was all in place. And Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit dotting I's and crossing T's lately and making certain it happens.
0: Which is great for what you're doing now, would not yeah. Search into the companies because you've already done your own research and satisfied yeah. yourself because you're not going to invest in something or talk about something that yeah. doesn't feel right to you.
1: Yeah, that's right. As I say, everything that I, I talk about, I have uh, a vested interest in.
0: How many things have you looked at that you've just dismissed as no, that's not an alignment? Um, not a lot
1: because I'm very open. I'll give anything a go. I'll dabble in something with a small amount and then sort of I'll see how it goes. I might watch it for a few months and then put a little bit more in. There's one I'm just trying to take some money out right now, but they're doing an update. So as soon as that's free there, I'll take my stake money out. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I just... I'm open to all things because, as I say, like Warren Buffett said, nothing's more expensive than a closed mind. And I really think that is so true. And it's a way of meeting people too, you know? You just meet new people who've got like-minded interests and, uh, you know, I've introduced them to maybe to the go GoFounders side of things and they say, oh, yeah, but we also do this. And I say, oh, what? Send me the info. So it's a sharing of things, learning new things and not everything's been so successful, but I haven't lost a lot of money and I have lost some money, but it's never been huge because I'd never put the house or superannuation or anything that to stake. You just gotta be careful and do what you're comfortable with. <laughs> well, I think a lot of the reasoning behind me too is to keeping sort of my mind really active because my mum had Alzheimer's and it was actually quite interesting in her family. Her, she was the oldest of 10 and we're actually descended from Maori heritage. I'm related to a Maori chief and a princess, so, you know, a bit of respect out there, please. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, through the family it went sort of Alzheimer's, leukaemia, Alzheimer's, leukaemia, Alzheimer's, leukaemia, all through her brothers and sisters. There's only one left, and he's due to have uh, Alzheimer's. Isn't and that-
0: so that's obviously a genetic thing that comes down. So okay. can they genetically profile you for it, or is it just a lottery?
1: Oh, I, I don't know. I think there's more and more of that coming out. I don't know. I think I'd want to find out, even though people say oh, I don't want to know. But I think I, I would like to know. Mm-hmm. And that to sort of dot I's, cross T's and tidy up some loose ends, If put health issues and that, that into place, health directives and powers of attorney, make certain all the legal sides of things, because a lot of what I do is on USB sticks, because in the cryptocurrency space, if you lose your key or your seed words that they use, you've lost your investment. It's very important to keep everything. So I've got stuff on on USB sticks and and written down in a book and stuff like that, yeah. Have to be careful. So that's why I keep sort of active. I do my old Sudoku and my (laughs) Solitaire.
0: Got to be doing something all the time. I think as well the interaction with so many different people through the networking group just will also help to keep an interest and an excitement and an energy. I'm
1: finding they talk about referral partners and
0: that I don't you know really get
1: the referral partners but I tend to now get more people wanting to find out what I do and that so I say check out the website it'll give you a bit of a
0: taste of what I do yeah so I'll put all that information on the web page so that People cool. connect with you, and on Facebook or go to your website or whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else you wanted yeah. to add? No, not really. Sort of. That's a bit about me. You, you think you haven't done much interesting, <laughs> don't you? You just like really <laughs> play. Why do you want to talk to me? Well, because you're actually really interesting, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I suppose. I, I think everyone's
1: probably interesting. I'm yeah. a people watching, particularly in the travel industry, when you're sitting in an airport, I just love watching people. It's like when you're coming home from Bangkok and you think, well, I gotta remember that male's face. Hope I don't ever run into you, you know. Because right? I probably know what you've been up to. <laughs> but yeah, people watching is just it's fascinating and it's nice to, to connect with people and find out a little bit more about them because we all tend to put the old facades up, don't we? Yeah. Well, we could go on and on and on and on.
0: So yeah, we, we could go. We can. All right. Thank, Thank you so you. much, Heather. Yeah, <laughs> see you around the traps. See you next time. Bye. Yeah, bye. Thanks for joining us this week on Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood. Make sure you visit our website, middleagedwomenstuff.com, where you can subscribe to the show in any of the players or via RSS so you'll never miss a thing. If you liked this show, you might want to check out the webpage, which gives you lots more information about both our host and our guest, along with heaps of other resources. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday and Friday for the next episode. And that's all for this episode. We can't wait to see you next time.